0: On some shit. We go zero nigga, real quick. Yo, 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 what up, I'm back, this is Kels at KMGZ on Twitter, this is Thanks for Asking Pel- Kels Podcast, episode 243, smooth, baby, what's up, y'all, I'm back, Um, so I know I say this every week, but it's gonna be true, f- for real, true, this, this week, Um, this episode gonna be short, because there is just increasingly not too much to talk about. But, um, I put together a few things. Um, first, happy single de mayo, belated a day late. Listen, man, if y'all don't know, I haven't really talked about this much, but, um, you know, I grew up in the restaurant business. My dad was an entrepreneur. He owned a restaurant. I worked in that restaurant, and uh, in all from, you know, managing, to waitressing, to to cook, the, the whole nine, from, like, the time I was 13. Like, I know everything about a restaurant, how to do it, right? And so badly run, like one of the things my friends will tell you about me, like badly run restaurants at one of my pet peeves, cause it's like I'll be in a restaurant and when things are not going right I'll be like, oh he fucking up and she fucking, you know, I just it's just a, it's a pet peeve of mine because I, you know, I did it till, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll wait till you know, I went to college, and, you know, and I was around, I, I actually, I mean, it's not like he forced me, I, I was, you know, we Gen X, we was a little different, I wanted my little extra sneaker money and everything, and so, you know, I went to work for my father, and he paid well, he paid cash, he paid on the table, I weighed, made, made, way, made way more than I would've worked at McDonald's or whatever little mall store, you know, the other kids worked in, like, I had, you know, I got paid back in, like, and this, this was a lot of money back in the fucking, you know, 80s and 90s, I got paid 30 bucks a day cash under the table, so you know, um, I didn't work every summer but if I did, um you know, I would work every day, so what's that 5 times 30, you know, every week, cash, so at the end of the summer, I I had some loot, and even during the school year, you know, I would only work on the weekends, but two days, Friday and Saturday, that, I didn't never work on Sunday, because we were closed, that's $60, like, when you in high school, you ain't got no bills, you getting $60 every week, you know, three weeks, that's $180, like, nobody, that's a lot of money for a kid in high school, and again, it's cash, so, you know, I used to have all the sneaks, all the, I mean, my dad bought me... My dad bought me pretty much anything, but, like, you know, extra shit. Yeah, he took me school shopping, I got the clothes, but, like, you know, this sweatsuit came out, that sweatsuit came out. I could have asked him, of course, but I didn't want to do that. Like, fuck it, I don't want to go through the whole ring and roll of asking your parents, I'm just going to work and buy my own shit. And that's why I've been a sneakerhead since day one. I'm going to go back around to that. But, um, so anyway, the point of that is, Whenever I see badly run restaurants, it drives me nuts. It's also why the tip conversation drives me nuts, because I have worked in that industry, I know everything about that industry, and, you know, I feel like people, I don't know where the switch got flipped, but, like, people really got it fucked up, and they feel like, you know, servers, and and I'm not just, again, I've been a server, I'm not disrespecting, I know the job is hard, but it's like, y'all feel like y'all entitled to these tips, and it's like, a tip is extra. It's called gratuity. It's in addition to, it is not required, it is, it is for a good service, yes, there are bad tippers, of course, but like your beef is with your employer, who doesn't pay you enough, it's not with the customer like, if you don't give the, if you don't give the customer good service, he does not require to tip you 20%, he's not required to tip you anything, actually you know, and that's the whole put the. the, the it's a give and take, the point I mean, it's bullshit, but th- the whole point of the patronage which is what it was, system is like hey, if you give good service, you'll get a good tip so, you know, I'm not saying don't tip waitress, but these people are like, oh, always give a good tip and blah, blah, all the bullshit. Listen, man, I don't want to hear it. I was raised, my whole lifestyle was, was supported on restaurants and I would never in my life, as a way wait- I give you good service, okay? I would never in a waitress in my life just expect somebody gonna give me 20%, you know? So, anyway, I got off track with that. So, um, point of all that was, yesterday was Cinco de Mayo. Now, look, I know it's the Corona. Uh, I know we in a plague, and I know, you know, people are laid off, and only doing takeout, and stuff like that, but like, yo, if you're a Mexican restaurant, and you're, I mean, most of these restaurants are are trying to hang on, right, they're trying to survive, so they're doing, you know, takeout only, or pickup only, you know, I'm sure their profits are not what they were, before, so you're trying to survive so, if that's me, I'm thinking okay, Cinco de Mayo, that's a day that's a, I'm a Mexican restaurant, that's a big day I'm sure that's a big day anyway I need to prepare and make sure because maybe I can make enough to stay in business for another month or two with that, you know, money these motherfuckers yesterday were not prepared I went to my favorite spot in Harlem um I don't know the whole name. I call it Lola. Lola, too. It's on 119th in Lenox. It's a very good re- Mexican restaurant. There's El Cantino, which is on 127. But they're not as good as, as El. I shouldn't even tell y'all because it's like kind of a low-key spot, but anyway, they're not as good as as, as um, Lola too, I went down there, and I mean, it was chaos, it was like, so they have a um i I've gone there before, like, not just today, and so nor- their normal, st- so normally before pandemic, they had this guy, the little Mexican guy that was a host, the guy that, you know, brings you your food, sit you, actually, he didn't even bring you your food, he would just sit you at your seat, you know, the host, make sure, you know, show the waiter where your, your seat was and everything like that, and they had, um you know, the bartenders, the cooks, etc, but since the pandemic has been down, they have him, the host guy, they have the cooks and they have this one other um, bartender guy who's who's been in there um, but, on, and so Cinco de Mayo, they had no more than that now listen, maybe it was a thing where they didn't want to call people in or people wouldn't come in I don't know, but I feel like for Cinco de Mayo you gotta know that you gotta do something different, at least have one more person in there or at least plan it out a little better because what happened was, you know, you had people ordering online to pick up, and then you had people coming up to order, and it was just a fucking mess, when I got there at 6, there was a line, but, you know, people was coming up to get their food, like, you know, just walking in, like, hey, you know, I ordered my food 2 hours ago, thinking it was gonna be waiting, or done, or whatever, or, or you know, and it wasn't, and it was funny, cause this one, these 2 black dudes, they came up, and they walked past me, and they went inside, and they came back out, and I was like, yo, y'all ordered already? And he was like, yo, shorty, yeah, we ordered already. I I ain't cut you, we ordered already, I saw you in the line. I was like, nah, I was like, cool, but I just wanted to let y'all know, if y'all ordered already, I was like, your food gonna be late. And he was like, nah, it ain't gonna be late, because they, they sent me the notification, I ordered it 40 minutes ago. I was like, okay, but the white dude been sitting here for an hour and a half, and he said his food, he ordered his food, like, at 4 and it's still not ready, so me and dude was going back and forth, He's like, nah, they had my food, he was like, I bet, I bet you money, and I was like, nah, I ain't gonna bet you, I'm just telling you, your shit ain't gonna be ready, I should've bet this fucking head. I told him later, like, an hour later, we was both still standing there, I was like, I should've bet you, he was like, damn, yeah, all know, you would've won some cash, cause this shit was not ready, so they gave him, like, half of it, and then I don't know what the other half was, but, you know, he was waiting on that, and so, as you can imagine, because it was backed up, people kept, Coming up, so now we got way too many people, and people was trying to like um social distance, but like it was hard because people kept having to go in to like check on their food, wait on their food or whatever. So it was like four or five. It, it, everybody had on masks, but like people was way too close, and I was like, oh, this is a disaster. So d- and then dude didn't want to take my order. I'm like, yo, can you can I take my order? He like not right now, running right right around. I'm like, dog. I'm like, sir, sir, sir. Y'all, you're doing a terrible job here. Like. You, you gotta take orders, he was like, oh, we backed up, I'm like, right, so you take the orders, you tell us however long it's gonna be, an hour, however long, that's fine, but you take the order, get the order in, if you're not taking orders, it's just gonna back it up further, because you all back here dicking around with the shit online, and you still have people trying to order, it's not gonna get any better, you have to just keep taking the orders in, cause at some point, those people are gonna come pick their food up, and, and then they'll also be cleared out, cause again, I worked in restaurants my whole life, and um, and he just, it was just, everything they were doing was wrong, like, this is this is my pet peeve about restaurants, like, with the online ordering, because, you know, back in my day, we didn't have online ordering, but you had call-in, right? Here's the here's the thing you need to know about a restaurant, and I see so many restaurants, if you ever in a restaurant where the service is slow, or shit is fucked up, because they're not doing these things, number one, you only have one person on the register, if you're busy, if, depending on how many registers you have, two, three, whatever, one or two persons on the register, on the register, period. Whenever. Whenever those orders come through, they're on the register. That's their number one priority. Don't do anything else. If if it's slow whatever, they can help out, but that's the number one priority. So, anybody needs to pay, boom, shoot, here you go, you out. No delay, because you have one person on the register. Not the waitress gotta take your, take your thing, gotta take it to the register, you know, then, you know, oh, the register person also has to work the bar, or is also seating people, or also whatever, no. One person on the register, when people ready to pay, that, you can take eight tickets, no matter how many tickets is on that desk, 10, 12, 15, that's all that person is doing, so they're gonna run, swipe, 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 boom, you done, you out. You got 15 people out in like, what, 5, 10 minutes, instead of having your shit backed up because you're trying to do everything else, number one number two, most people know this, cooks are cooks they don't do nothing else, fine the other thing you need to have is a person who, if depending on how your, your restaurant is if you're doing online orders first of all, if you can't, ha- if you're so backed up for your online orders, in other words if you can't keep track of your online orders you need to turn them shits off, right, so when I got there, they already backed up an hour on online orders, so if you already backed up an hour on online orders, to the point where you can't take the orders of the people who are standing in your face, you need to turn the online orders off, because you can't handle them, you're not, whatever, you know, you don't have enough people you're not handling them, so turn them shits off you're an hour behind, you turn that shit off an hour, you get caught up, once you're caught up, you can turn that shit back on but to keep it on doesn't make any sense, because you're already an hour behind, number two. Second thing is the person who, t- when you're taking, if ideally, you should have one person taking orders, this is what we do, one person taking orders, so you have, you take your order here, they pass it down to the cook, or whoever, normally in a, in a, in a seated restaurant, it's the waitress, the waitress takes the orders, but when the waitress takes that order back to the kitchen, there should be one person they give that order to. And that person is the one who organizes the orders. So you're not going back to shouting meals. You're not going back. That's when you in a restaurant, hey, where's my so-and-so? Where's my so-and-so? Because they're not doing it right. There should be one person in that kitchen, and it could be it could be a cook or whoever, that's fine. But there needs to be one person who is taking orders and organizing those orders. And when your food is coming out slow and when your orders messed up, it's because they don't have that. So you take that order phone orders i call them phone orders back in our day it was phone orders online same thing the other thing you need to do is ideally you have one person and one cook or maybe two depending on your you know your staff capacity that only does online orders so it should be two separate things right so th- this person is going to take all the online orders this person is going to check the online orders this person is going to organize them these two cooks here—they're going to make only online orders. They're not going to make orders for people in the restaurant. They're not going to make just just online orders. That's going to be a whole separate thing. We're going to get that going. It's not going to interfere with the people who are in the restaurant. Delivery, same thing. Online and delivery. D- call online. Here, here's the order. Take that out. Here's the order. Take that out. Here's the order. Boom, boom, boom. You keep that separate from the people that's in the restaurant. Sometimes you don't have the staff to do that, or you don't have the ability to do that. Then what you got to do then? is, and it's a little bit more difficult, but you gotta do it, cause it's gonna keep it running sm- f- smoother you have to put you can't, this is what he was doing yesterday, was getting on my nerves, you can't prioritize your online and your delivery, this dude kept, people were not getting their orders taken, because this dude was standing where like, the you know, the cooks were making the orders from the back, from the online, the call-ins or whatever, and putting them on the table and he's trying to sort those orders out and I'm like, sir, those orders are call-ins and they're delivery, the delivery guy can get his orders himself if people call the orders in they'll show up and that's when you go get the order, you don't stand there he was like standing there and then going outside so and so here, so and so, you don't do that let it stay there, when so and so gets here, they'll come in, hey do you have so and so order here, and that's when you give it to them, otherwise you just let it sit there if they don't show up and it gets cold, that's on them you just let it sit there Um, but if you can't do that, then you have to take the, the online orders, slash phone orders, have to be the same as if you're ordering. So, in other words, if I come in right now, and I'm in front of your face, customers in the restaurant always take priority. So, if I'm in your face, and I, and I give you an order, boom, you take my order, you pass that on. Then, if an online order comes in, you take that order, you take the next order, you take all those online orders in the order that they come... And you just pass them on. You don't do one and then do the other. You stop, and then the next person comes. And if you do it like that all your food will come out back out on time and you won't get backed up because the people in the kitchen will be like, it'll just be like 12 orders to them. They don't know that one's online and one's here, it's just 12 orders and they just make it. What you fuck up at is you tell them, oh, these are the online orders, these are the here or now you're creating a problem because they're like, okay, well, which one? Well, we took, you know, this one has 45, now now you're making the cooks makes decisions, right? Like, oh, what I gotta make first? It shouldn't be that. 12 tickets come in, those, or you put them things in order, and again, you have to have a person not to cook, because they got shit to do, you have to have a person in the kitchen that keeps that shit in order, hey, this is first, this is second, this is third, you got that fourth, that's, and you, and you let the cooks know, because the cooks are cooking, because the cooks will turn around and be like, oh, I'll make, the, no, you make this one first, you make this one second, you make this one third, so, they was doing none of that then, I was getting really, fr- I was, it took me three hours, and, and, you know, and it's not like, we understood it was in a pandemic, but it wasn't pandemics, because you were terribly unorganized, and I, I, I made them take my order, I was like, sir, you have to take my order, I said, there's a whole line of people have to take orders, it's not gonna get any better if you don't take our orders, because these people are, it's just gonna get more and more backed up, and those online orders, those people are come when they can come, the other thing he was doing and I was trying to mind my business, but I just could not, so what he was doing, and, and listen, this is silly on both sides, I admit and it was all white people, they were getting their food, and then they were coming back like, hey, you didn't give me you didn't give me plastic forks, ma'am This shit is takeout, you're taking it home, right, take this shit home and use your forks at home, fuck a plastic fork, but whatever, they kept insisting on plastic forks, people kept coming back, give me some cutlery, give me some cutlery, so every time dude would stop what he was doing, get up, go get the cutlery, and and I saw him do this like four times, so he's not taking orders, people are, there's a line at the door, he's not taking orders, He's, he's not, um, Putting out any orders, he keeps he keeps stopping to start to take out orders, and every time somebody wants to get a fork, he goes back and gets a fork, gives it to him. Number one, how many times people got to ask you for a fork before you remember to put the fork in the bag? But I guess every time because people kept coming back, and finally he just kept doing it, kept stopping, kept stopping. People were like, "Can I order? Where's my food? Where's my takeout?" But blah, blah blah blah. Finally, I was like, "Sir." why don't you take that whole box of forks that you keep going to and just put it here, put all the forks on the table so that people can just grab the fork and go, they don't have to stop he just, he just, he was he did not have the range for anything that he was doing and it just made it a nightmare and so, um you know, these, I just, I just was like, look, I know we in the pandemic, and I know y'all short-sighted, but come on, man, y'all trying to survive, y'all trying to get some money, it's no excuse for y'all to be that unprepared, it was Taco Tuesday and Cinco de Mayo, like, y'all should have been on point, y'all shouldn't, and if, and you know, if, or' cause Earl, I'm, I'm sure, that earlier in the day, it became apparent that you all were not gonna be able to handle them online orders with the staff that you had, so what you should have done was cut online orders, you can do that you can take yourself off seamless, you can you cannot answer the phone, cut that shit off until you get caught up, until you get an idea how many people are actually gonna be coming in to place an order, and then once you get a handle on that, then you can take those online orders but, you know, it was a mess upside of that though is um, I got so I went last Saturday and I got a frozen margarita I have like this little special for frozen margaritas so I have actually like 4 frozen margaritas in my freezer, I got 2 from yesterday, 2 from last Saturday, 1 I'm sipping on now, so anyway but I just had to share that with y'all like that that irritate the fuck out of me, I was like, y'all are fumbling the bag, and if we wanna understand a whole every Mexican place in New York City did the same thing, and I'm like, there's no excuse for that, like, like, is it be different if it was, it'd be different if, like, y'all wasn't on the verge of collapse, and this might be the day that saves you, but to be this disorganized, like, it, that's, that makes no sense, like, y'all should've called somebody in, I'm sure somebody would've been happy to come in and work just for that day, all they would've needed was two more people, like, it was ridiculous, or put not put that dude on the fucking, on the host dude, because he was, he was just out of his element, I was like, sir, because the other thing he kept doing, <laughs> I told him this too, again, he would get up, and he, like, as soon as the order was sent out the kitchen, like a to-go order, he would get up and go outside, so-and-so, so-and-so, sir, give the people a time when it's gonna be done, half an hour, 40 minutes, overestimate. They'll wait that amount of time. And then when that amount of time comes, they'll peep their head in and they'll say, it's so and so order ready? And that's when you go get and give them the order. You don't stop taking orders from people who are in your face to go out. And, and, and half the time, the person wouldn't be out there and he'd have to come back. And he kept stopping and forgetting what he was doing. And people were like, Hey, I got my food. He's like, Oh, you got your food? He's like, Yeah, I, you took my car. I don't have my car because they had nobody over there running the car. He's like, oh, okay. Like, come on, bro. When you know the food is ready. One or two things: make them pay ahead of time, or make them pay when they get the food. Either way, got to establish a pattern. So it, it was it was a nightmare, and I was I was a little upset about it because it was completely unnecessary. All right, so moving on. Um, uh, let me save that for last. Adele lost a lot of weight; looks amazing. Um, inspired many fig pieces. This is, and I said this before about Lizzo. You know, this is all I want to say about that you know, there's, there seems to be a contingent of lots of people who seem to think that because a person is big, that it automatically puts them in some kind of lower cat. like you'll get dudes, all these dudes talking about Lizzo, oh, you know, if, 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 um, I'd holler at Lizzo, if I see, like, in, in, implication being Lizzo would hire at you, sir, Lizzo is gorgeous she might be big, but she is a beautiful woman, she's very attractive she's not sloppy, she carries herself well, she's gorgeous in the face, Adele the same way they may be big, but they they are gorgeous women they, they what makes you think that you could get into the same room with them just because they're big, and so you know, there's a lot of women who think that's, and I I used to think this was kind of dumb, but I think it's true, they're like, there's a lot of, of women who think that they're automatically a notch up because they're skinny, and I'm like, bitch, what you ugly? You're not attractive. You're skinny, but you're not attractive. You don't have a personality to like, nobody, you're not gonna pull. Like, I tell people all the time, there's a good, por- I mean, Jennifer Hudson has lost a lot of weight now, but even when she was bigger, you know, I was like, dude, there are a whole bunch of people that will kick a Beyonce or a Rihanna down the flight, except for Jennifer Hudson. And a lot of people like that look, right? Because um, I think Jennifer Hudson is very pretty in the face, you know, and she, again, she's lost a lot of weight now, but her face has always been pretty, she's never been ugly, Um, Adele's always been gorgeous, Lizzo's always been gorgeous, but, um, you know, I guess Adele lost weight now, and now people are talking about, oh, now y'all finally acknowledging her, and it's like, we've always acknowledged Adele, Adele has always been gorgeous, like, Adele is got 15 Grammys, like, nobody's acting like she wasn't attracted before, we're just acknowledging, like, yo, she lost mad weight, and she looks fucking good as shit, but she looked good before, her face is all, her face hasn't changed, she's always had that face, she's gorgeous. So, you know, I just think it's funny how you know, so many, these, a lot of men and women too, they they think because somebody's bigger, they not competition, that's why their feelings be hurt, when, you know, Big Shirley and them down down the road say, still they man, because, just cause she big, sis, you, you, but you're not attractive you're not attractive skinny, you won't be attractive big, like, like you're not better just cause you're thin, like you still have to look good, right? So, um, and you know, hold yourself together, like y'all be you know, get your outfit, you have to learn how to dress for your weight, and look fly get your nails done, get your hair done stop looking like a fucking slob so, yeah, I just think that's funny, that uh, people assume that, you know that people were like shocked or acting like, you know, nobody was checking for Adele until she lost weight, which is so far from the truth um sorry, I'm actually slipping on one of these frozen margaritas now Mm. So, um, so I guess, I guess I'll get into this now, because, let me see, everything else is kind of a quick, yes, oh, no, no, okay, I got two things, and everything else is a quick check off, so let me hit the last dance first, so last dance, what, episode five and six came on this past Sunday, and these might have been my favorite episodes, because they went into Jordan's, and the Jordan brand his sneakers, and how his sneakers came in and changed the game, now, some of you know some of you may not know, some of you who even know don't really know the depths of it, because you know, I'm not, y'all see me on the Instagram, my sneaks and everything, and I do have a lot of sneakers, I've, I've had, used to have a lot more Um I, I've rotated out a lot throwing a lot out, Um some I just were, you know, I got when I was younger, and impulse buys I don't really like anymore, Um but I, I actually I take pride in my sneaker taste I really do I'm very um snobbish I look very down on hype beasts because back when I was growing up in my day I've been a sneakerhead since I was 7 years old I told you all the story before um my mom was kind of like you know one of them she, you know she was a dancer and like kind of you know my mom was real fly like up on everything type chick back then right um and so I remember, you know, I was, I was a little kid, and I used to wear zips and wildcats from Buster Brown, because, for, you know, little kids, we, you know how little kids come with all kind of shit, I told you I used to be athletic, I was really fast to beat all the boys, and we, we racing and shit, right, and we used to think that, <laughs> I used to, I used to think that, the more stripes you had on your shoes, the faster you could run, right, I don't, just, I don't know where that came from, I just thought that I had, like, whatever, zips, or whatever fucking bobo-ass sneakers I had on, I had like, seven stripes on them, right, and everybody else had, like, three or four, so I was like, that's how come I can beat them, because I got seven fucking stripes, I got seven horsepower on these bitches, right, so I used to, I used to wear, like, zips and wildcats, I always wanted sneakers with, like, mad stripes, not even a D. and I remember my was trying to get me Adidas, and I was like, nah, they only got three stripes, I'm gonna lose my races, and my mom just looking at me, like, the fuck are you talking about, right? But she would always try to get me to get, you know, Nikes, when Nikes first came out, like, I think the first Nike came out in, like, the late 70s. I just remember, because my dad was a runner. My dad was a long-distance runner. And so he always had, you know, the, the sneaks, and now he used to wear New Balance all the time. And then, um, when Nike came, the first, like, Nike with that Waffle sole came out, I remember he had those. They were yellow with a green stripe. Um, the, um, the, the, Olympic white dude went to Oregon, it was his colors, and so, um, he had them, so I knew Knights cause he had them cause he, he ran, right? Um, and so, but my mom would always try to get me so I remember, we went to Buster Browns on 69th Street, cause that was near where we lived at, and it was, remember the first Knight Cortezes the, um, the, um they were blue with the white stripe, not the leather joints, the, um what is that material that the, the Jordan 11's are made out of, that, that, that can I don't even, it's not canvas, whatever that nylon material is, I guess those, she wanted me to get those, she was like, yo, these are the new joints, you should get these, and I was like they only got one stripe, you try to make me lose, and my mom was like, what are you talking about, and I was like, I need stripes so I could win my races, she was like girl, the stripes on your shoe, you you fast it ain't got nothing to do with your fucking sneakers like, you just run fast so, she beat me down, and I, I was like I mean, my mom died when I was six and a half, seven, so I had to be younger than that, Um, so I had to be like four or five, something like that, right, I, I remember this, I remember this clearly, she was like, had them in her hand, and she tried to get the salesperson, and the salesperson was like, yeah, Nike, you don't know Nike, I was like, I know Nike, my daddy got Nike, nigga, don't talk to me like I don't know no Nike, I know Nike, I just, I just got one strike, y'all trying to make me fail, fuck y'all, right? So my mom was like, yo, just get these, and I'll get you the fucking zips too, because zips had like a Z on them, <laughs> my mom was like, cornball nigga, got some fucking zips, right, so, that's the first pair of sneaks I got, and I remember I wore them just to school the, the nights, I was mad too, like, man, if I, I yo, I bet, I bet not lose that recess, I know that, I know that, I bet not lose that recess, that's what I was thinking, right, while I was putting them shits on, bet not lose that recess, so, I get to school, this is not still in private school, we had to wear uniforms, we could wear whatever shoes we want on gym day, right, so I get to school, and I got these nikes on, and everybody like, yo, oh, oh, you got, cause, I didn't know nikes was that big a deal, like I said, my dad had them cause he ran, and I just looked at them like, oh, those are sneak, sneak for niggas that run 30 miles like this nigga, right, I didn't look at them as like a fashion, or like a in, like a cool shit, I, they was like functional as fuck to me, right, that's why I was sweating the one stripe, like, fucking gonna have me slow, and everybody's like, oh oh, they fly, they fly, so I was like, oh word, they fly, word, so you know, that started my love of sneakers and I realized, oh, this is a fashion shit, like you can hook these up with your outfits and shit so I've been a sneakerhead for a long time and I'm real snobby about it, cause back in our day, back in our day you know, luckily I'm of the age, Gen X, we know, we, Nikes again, I think the late 70s, so like, we kind of grew up with Nikes, so a lot of the retros and stuff that's coming out now, I remember when they came out the first time, I couldn't get them all, always because at, now, you know, they make the the sneaks in the kids' sizes and the women's sizes sometimes and all that, back then they didn't, back then, they only made them shits in men's, and men's back then started at seven, so, you know, I'm a little kid, I can't win no men's seven, so I couldn't fit a lot of them shits, right? Um, And then, like, a little bit later, I'd say, maybe my mom had been past, maybe I was, like, 9, 10, 11 age, they started making shoes for kids, but the kids' shoes would look a little different, so, like, they would, you could tell, like, with the Magic Converse, right, you could tell they was a Magic Converse, but they would be a little bit different, like, maybe they would be made out of canvas instead of leather, they were just a little off, it wasn't like now where you could get the exact same shoe in kids' sizes, right, so for a while, I couldn't get them because of that, and then when I got older, I couldn't get them because my dad was on some all them boys sneaker shit, so that's, you know, I would just like use buy my own money, and just put them shits in my fucking backpack, and just put them on when I got to school or whatever, but um, I've been a sneakerhead, and I'm real snobbish, because back then, it wasn't about just buying whatever came out it was about finding the dope shit, and honestly, Finding the dope shit that not everybody else had, right? So you had to find, you, the, the sneakerhead, back then if you was a sneakerhead, they called you that because you know, every, everybody had Air Force Ones, of course, that was like the shoe, but if you found like the one color that nobody had, or the three quarters that nobody had, or like, cause I used to get my grand low-key, I used to get my grandma cause my grandma was a gambler, I've told y'all this before, my grandma, I swear to god she used to run numbers or something back in the day, cause this chick gambled, and won, she wasn't no degenerate gambler, she used to win big, and so she used to go to, um, Atlantic City so, I would get my grandma because Atlantic City, you got the casinos, and the shopping, and all that, so, shit you couldn't get in Philly, I would get her to take me to Atlantic City, it was a win-win, cause she would go down there and gamble, and win money, and I would you know, get my sneakers and shit, so I would sneak down to Atlantic City, and I would get, you know, I would get, I was the first one that had the Air, remember the Air Force ones that came out in the patent leather blue? It was patent leather blue with the white stripe, I had them. Um, When Reeboks first came out, I remember this dude in my class, this white boy, he was a bitch white boy, Kevin Weinstock. He used to, he was one of the white boys that thought he was cool and would try to like but his dad, like, used to buy him everything, but he was whack, he didn't know what was fly, or whatever, and I, he would just copy us and shit, and I remember when the first pair of Reeboks came out, ain't nobody know about Reeboks, Reeboks was some new shit, but my boy Stacy, who was a big drug boy, worked for my pops, um, you know, he was on trial, and, and you know, he was trying to, like, look like he wasn't a drug dude, so he was like, oh no, I work here, like, you know, he had Reeboks one day, and I was like, yo, Stacy, what's them? and he was like, yeah, I got these in Europe, yeah, I got these in UK, I mean, this nigga was, like, you know, Alpo level uh, drug drug dude, right? He ended up getting killed. Uh, he went on a land, but they caught him and killed him. But anyway, Stacy was fly as fuck, right? And he was like, "Yo, these these the new shits, these Rebox. You gotta get these." And I was like, "Where I get them at?" He was like, "Well, I got these in the UK." He was like, "But they got them at Foot Locker now." He was like, "Easy to get them because ain't nobody onto these yet." So I'm like, "Cool." So. At school, I went, I used to go out to 69th Street, because that's when my dad's store was near and also when my school was near, so I would get off, and I, you know, I would get, um, get off the bus on 63rd Street um, shout out Philly I would get off the bus, our school bus that came from my school, 63rd Street, I would walk down to 63rd and Market, I would catch the train at 63rd, L, 63rd Street, and I would ride out to 69th Street, because my dad's store was right there, so it wouldn't take no time, like I you know, I'd be like maybe an hour later than normal, so I would get, and I would go to the Foot Locker and um, I would, and like he said, it was all these Reeboks there. And dude was like, yo, you the first one to buy these. I was like, so I got my first pair of Reeboks. And I came to school with him. And this dude, Kevin, was trying to clown. Like, ah, they balls bull blah, blah, blah. And my friends was like, nah, B, them, them new joints. You don't know about that because you're a white dude. You don't know about that. He was just trying to cl- I'm ignoring him because he was, again, he was a clown dude. But he was one of those white dudes, like the Andrew Sullivan dude that thought he was, like, in, you know, always trying to interject. Like, nigga, you a cornball white dude. Yeah, your dad is a lawyer. Your dad got money. All of that. That's cool. That don't make you fly though, right, you still don't know what's dope you still a corny white boy, and I remember he was clowning, clowning, clowning and I'm just ignoring him, cause he was always corny to me and then, I can't remember what happened some kind of rapper, or something somebody, something had finally had the rebox that I already had and he was like, yo I ain't know them shits was dope, and he's like all oh, like, I'm like nigga, get the fuck I don't give a fuck, get off, I still don't give a fuck Like, <laughs> get off my face, you a corny dude, right like, I don't care, so I, you know, I was always that kid, I was, you know, I was new-new, I really was, because I always had to fly shit, and so I've been a sneakerhead for a long time, and so now, you know, that's why, like, I don't really let people, people try to sweat me, oh, you spend all the money, I really don't spend a lot on sneakers, I budget on them, but even if I did I work for it, it's my fucking shit, and, and it's I've, it's something that, it's just something that I've liked, and I've always done from childhood, I've always liked sneakers and now that I'm a grown up and I have my own money, and I don't have nobody in my ear bugging me about what's for boys and what for girls, I can get the, a lot of the shit that I used to couldn't get, because like again I didn't have the size, or whatever the case but you know, I don't spend, I have a, I have a limit I don't really try to spend over $200 you know, if I know some a shoe that's gonna come around, that's gonna be hard to get, that I know I'm gonna have to overpay for, I'll save up, I'll say, alright, let me put away, you know, 200 this week, I'll put away another 200 that week, however however much it's gonna be because you can get the calendar, you know when shit is coming out but I really don't spend a lot and if I ain't got it, I don't got, like, I haven't bought, I got the Jordan 5's just now, but before that I had not bought sneaks in months because I just was like, well you know, I'm trying to, you know I was trying to network, and I had to pay for a lot of stuff, this event, that event, you know register here, register there, and that was more important, I paid to, um, you know get this professional resume service person and like, redo my. so, whatever point is, you know, I'm not missing no meals, I'm not missing no bill payments, I'm not missing no rent trying to get sneakers, so I get a little irritated when niggas, I you to, shut the fuck up, you know what the fuck I spent I still go on trips, I still va- va- vacation, I'm not growing broken with no fucking sneakers, but it is what I like and if I've liked it for a long time, way before the shit got hype, I don't buy everything you know, I get in, every new pair of sneakers come out, you see niggas on the time, I'm like, yeah, but they ugly, they're corny they don't really look that, that hot, you just everybody got them joints, you know, I still try to get the stuff, like, there's brands that y'all don't even know about that used to be dope, but, you know, the, y'all young millennials y'all wasn't around, y'all don't know Sauconys, um, Deodoras um, uh the Sportif, certain certain brands that used to be fly back in our day, I still try to find those and I'll wear them, and people are like, what the fuck is that, and I don't say nothing, cause I'm like, I ain't telling you what it is, it's some fly shit, that's all you need to know right, um even New Balance, people be like, oh, everybody's getting them ends, and I was like, nigga, you dumb motherfucker. They not call ends. It's New Balance, bitch. It's not an end. What the fuck are you talking like shit like that? <laughs> it's a small thing, but that shit irritates me because, because you know, trying to act like they all up on shit. I'm like, how you? You ain't uh, you ends? Who the fuck calls it that? That's how you know you're a hype beast, because you don't even know what the brand is. You just saw, oh, it's an N on the side. It's called it's New Balance, nigga. And they old as fuck. My daddy used to run a New Balance. New Balance is actually out before night, that's an old ass brand, that's not nothing new, that's, if you an old head, you know, night, and New Balance been out, and they very comfortable, New Balance are comfortable as a motherfucker, I'll wear New Balance in a minute, not because they fly, not because they back in, I never stop wearing them, they comfortable as fuck, The motherfuckers are like pillows on your feet, so or Sauconys. Sauconies, Sauconies is, is another shoe that's really, really comfortable, that used to be in that people don't know about, um, and then there's certain other brands funny to me because there's certain other brands that historically was not fly, and only certain, certain niggas wore them shits, and they try to argue you down now that they was, you know, the, the shit, and I'm like, maybe where you was from, but where I'm from, them the clown shoes, like them Grand Hill felines. I understand they felines, I understand they Grand Hill, but when we were, when we was coming up, them was the buzz light years, like you know, them niggas not fly. Like, like, like nobody was wearing them, nobody was balling in them. The white kids, like the Italian kids and the Puerto Ricans, might have been wearing them shits, but nobody them, them shits was not dope. So now people are like you crazy. He's was the hot fire. I'm like, maybe in North Carolina, wherever the fuck, where the fuck you from. But not in Philly. When nobody wearing them shits. Nobody was wearing them Johnson What else? Philas Pierre. Felas had a moment. Don't get me wrong, but it was a certain model with Fila. It was the Filas that looked like the Reebok workouts. Them was the joints that people wore. But it was brief. Fila came in, and then what happened was Fila came in, and like, again yeah, the white kids started wearing them, and it got corny. So people stopped wearing them. So after a while, it was like Fila's corny, nigga. Like only the only them little white Italian kids and wanna be, you know, hat to the side niggas was wearing them Fila. So that shit wasn't hot no more, right? Um you know, Gucci sneaks was all, I had a pair of Gucci sneakers, highest top Gucci sneaks, and I was in, like, ninth or 10th grade, them joints, was $500, that was a lot of money, that was a lot of weekends I had to work to save that shit up, and I was like, you know, hey, you ready to go down to the casino, Grandma? She was like, yeah, i never forget the day I went and got them, because um, I went and got the Gucci's at the Gucci shop, and my Grandma was like, yo, I'm going to the casino, and be a that, she was in there for fucking hours, I'm like, what the, I'm just sitting, like, outside, you know, in the lobby or whatever, my little Gucci bag, like, what the fuck, she came out, I don't know how many, all I remember is her coming up the escalator, like, Rain Man, with the cash in her hand, this chick, I don't know how much she went in there with, but she came out with $7,000, my grandma could gamble, I swear to God, she ran a, a money book back in the day, cause she was one of them chicks, she would always hit the lottery, like, at least, Every six, at least every six months, she'd be like, "Oh, five three two came out. Okay, that means two one three about to come out. You know what? Two weeks from now, I'll play two one three. Next week, play one eight seven, but box it because it might come out a little different." And she would hit. Not every time. I ain't saying she hit every week because she didn't, but she used to hit that every six months or so. She was hitting that lottery, and I'm talking about straight, like. Five hundred, six hundred dollars. She was hitting that lottery, and I and nobody don't want to answer the questions. But I'm like, yo, either she was a number runner's, a number book, something. I know y'all was doing them numbers back in the day, cause she too good at that shit. Um. Anyway, I went all that because the, the um they were talking about the Jordans, and you know the, the Air Jordan ones is the greatest sneaker I ever made ever. I still remember when they dropped um you know, before that, it was the Converse, they had the Laker colors, Sixers colors, and the Celtics colors, I refused to get the Lakers colors, because this is back when the Sixers and the Lakers used to battle, and I just wasn't wearing them fucking Laker colors, but I had the Celtics colors, because we would always beat the Celtics, so we didn't give a fuck, but, um, and it just showed the impact of that you know, that sneaker, and how that shit just basically started sneaker culture and they said that when they signed, first Jordan was gonna sign with Adidas, his mom made him talk to Nike, and for Nike to get him to sign, cause Nike was a small beans small potatoes back then, and for them to get him to sign, they had to give him a percentage of it, and they said that they thought that, okay his first year, like, maybe we'll make 3 million, 4 million in sales, that would be considered a success, they made 126 million in sales the first year and you know, I read somewhere recently that Jordan's uh just his position in Nike is worth like a billion dollars. So I like that episode because it went into the sneaks, it went into the shoes, and that's is it the shoes? They showed the commercial. It's the shoes, it's not the shoes like yo, I you know, sneak I don't give a fuck what nobody says. Sneakers is my passion. I don't think it'd be possible, but like if I could ever work for a Nike or you know, I that would be my dream job, but like, yo, I you know, I don't know. Not, I don't know what's going on with my dreams or my jobs lately, it's just been hitting the wall, but whatever, um, so I really enjoyed it, for that aspect they showed, you know, how you play in the all-star game, and the Nikes, and the and the, and the um all the different commercials and, you know, the Air Jordan 5's, which is one, you know, the Spike Lee commercials, there used to be excellent commercials excellent, excellent commercials, and um, if you know anything about Spike back in the day he always had on a pair of Nikes, and usually Jordan not always Jordans, she's gotta have I mean, in, in um do the right thing, he didn't have on Jordans, he had on the um the uh Air Trainer 3's, Medicine Balls, which I got, because I always wanted them from that movie, and I couldn't get them, because they had my size, anyway, um, it was real dope, and one of my favorite episodes, because it talked about the sneaks, um, so, let's see, so, I guess I'll go into it now, because, you know, we've been covered, um, the Atlanta Child Murders, and I've been, you know, updating y'all, so, and it was a five-parter, so, last Sunday was the last episode and um it was terrible I'll just cut st- straight to the chase it was terrible they should have just stopped there for because this was, it was just terrible it was just terrible they just keep going with it first of all there's the, these conspiracy theories and it could have been the Klan, what you need to understand about this is these, this is not new evidence this is the same evidence that was around 40 years ago, it's the same evidence they keep, the Fingers' evidence they keep kicking up to say Wayne is innocent listen, if you look into this case it was not the Klan, nothing about it says the Klan that is not the Klan's M.O., it doesn't even sound remotely possible that it would be the Klan, I think a lot of these people are making these stories up, this one person last night talking about, oh yeah, you know, um, it just, it's just so many reasons why it doesn't make sense to the Klan, if it was the Klan, then why did the murder stop when they picked up Wayne, if y'all, y'all's conspiracy theory is that, oh no, it was the Klan killing us, and we got them in transcripts saying that they was gonna kill niggers, okay, so then why wouldn't they still killing niggers, like, the Ku Klux Klan is like the fucking retards of the white supremacist movement, now, now, back in the day was different, back in the 20s and 30s and early, it was different, but because, partly because of the FBI really, which stemmed out of like the civil rights movement, they really cracked down on a clan and they've been sued. They've been sued by so many of the victims and lost so many civil suits that they're, they're not anywhere near the organization used to be. They're a bunch of idiots. They're all fragmented there, but they're not anywhere near what the clan used to be. They're a bunch of dummies. They're, that's not their MO. They want publicity. Yeah, they talk a big deal, but the clan has never. They they don't go up into plaque Neighborhood, The most they'll do is burn a cross on your yard or something like that. But way out in the country, or you know, maybe they'll sneak in and burn a cross. But it just doesn't meet their mo. And they even had it's, it's it was so bad. They even had one of the um clansmen who supposedly because they had you know what happened was the FBI did a separate investigation just to see if it was the clan. You have to put the, this. Let me let me just put this in context so you can really see how ridiculous it is. The reason why the Klan is so decimated now is because what I just told you. They have been the FBI basically rolled them into the ground. They were subject to so many civil suits and they were losing these civil suits, ninety million, a hundred million. They just didn't have the money. Matter of fact, if you watch the movie Black Klansmen, it'll 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 it's 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 fictional, but it, it, it gives you a good backdrop. Like the, the Klan is a long time coming to the Point where it is now, where it's just a bunch of idiots running around in, in hoods and, and fly not not anywhere near what it used to be back in the fifties and sixties, right? And it, the reason why it's so silly is because in seventy nine and eighty, the the FBI's assault on the Klan was still very much going on. It was it was they pretty much there was the the final um death blow pretty much against the Klan that everybody says happened in like the early. 90s, there was one. Um, I think it was Jasper, Texas. I think it was the Texas case. Um, not too long ago was the last um, wrongful death or whatever civil suit they got hit with, and it just took all their money, right? But in the 79 and 80s, they were the clan was still pretty much out of here, but this is back when David Duke was trying to run for office and all of that, and the FBI was still very much on them, they had all kinds of performance, they had all kinds of snitches, they were on all their phone calls, so they were still very much into running the Klan out of business, so in 79, 80, and 81, the FBI would have been the Klan experts, okay, they were known entity, they had snitches everywhere, so they ran a separate investigation to see if the Klan had anything to do with it, so this notion that it, it could have been the Klan and, and, and nobody would have investigated and nobody would have known, that just makes no sense if you know the history of the of the FBI and the Klan you would have been, you are talking about in a time where they had their fucking neck, boots on their neck trying to really, really decimate the Klan, okay and they, even they had a Klan guy on there, and they're talking to him, and he's, you know, he's, they're interviewing him, rather, and, you know, if you know anybody that's, like, familiar with the criminal justice, or just a seasoned criminal that knows how to deal with, you know, cops and shit, that's what he was doing, so the guy, you know, he's got him on the video, and supposedly he's one of the guys, so the FBI was, you know, tapping the Klan's phones, because they wanted to see, and so they were bringing the people in the court on Wayne's appeal, and you know, it was just a bunch of hearsay. I don't even really know how it got into court, but you know, I'm sure there was some kind of reason it was in there. But they were like, okay, so they're phone tapping the clan, and so they're questioning them because they're because they're like, oh well, this Jeter kid, the guy said he hit his truck with the scooter and he was going to kill this Jeter kid, and my, and I'm thinking this guy's testifying to what they're saying on these transcripts, and I'm like, okay, but did y'all, did y'all verify this, did you ask his mom, hey, did he have an accident, did he have a scooter, like, did you even verify this case, and it doesn't seem like just they were talking, basically, the clan was talking about killing niggas, We are gonna kill this nigger, and if you know anything about the clan, that is what they do, they talk, they talk a lot of shit, they, they, you know, they probably were watching the news, and they braggadocio, and all of that shit, right, and so, when they're interviewing this clan man, one of the guys supposedly had said he was gonna kill the niggers, or whatever, and they're talking to him, and he's not, again, he's, you know, he's seasoned, so he's not, pe- criminals that are seasoned, they don't volunteer any information, because they they know, look, nigga, you're not finna get me on tape saying something, and you're gonna pull me here the next time, and oh, this contradicted and that, and that's how they get you in jail, right, that's why I'm gonna tell you, remain silent, Season criminals know how to do that, but he's answering the questions that he knows either not going to hurt him or they can verify, you know. So they're asking him, All right, well, we got you on transcript saying this, this, and that, and the other. And he was like, "Okay, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we said we talked about killing niggas all the time. That's what we did. We can't we say we're gonna kill this nigga, kill that nigga, call him niggas, niggas, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they was like, Okay, and they say that, you know, because again, they found these fibers that matches Wayne's doll asking him, well didn't you have a, a dog that's, that had white fur and this clan dude is dumb as fuck, I just want to reiterate this he is dumb as fuck, you can tell and he's like, um, yeah I had a again, he's answering things that you know he's like, yeah I had a dog, he's like, he said wasn't it such as, whatever brand, um, Wayne had, he was like, no, nah, I never had one of them, he was like, it had some of that in it but it really was a German Shepherd that's what he said, and then the guy was like, well you know, you're talking about niggers, and you have this dog hair, and he didn't say nothing, because what, you know, what the reporter's trying to, uh, trying to, uh, intimate is that, well, you talked about niggers, and you have a white dog, and here's these dog hairs, it could have been you, right? Again, ignoring all kinds of facts, it wasn't just that it was a white dog hair, it was a dog hair that matched Wayne's dog, so it's not like it was just some random hair that could match any dog, which is the way it was presented, it matched Wayne's dog, it was Wayne's dog hair, intertwined in fibers from carpet that matched Wayne's house hitherto therefore wherewithal, whatever however you want to say it, the carpet came from Wayne's house, because even though this carpet might have been in a thousand houses, it wasn't in a thousand houses that also had pet hair that matched this guy's dog, they left that out, so the Klansman, he's just sitting there, he doesn't say anything and he's letting the guy talk and talk, and finally, he was like, look, okay, yeah, we said we was gonna kill niggers, uh-huh, I had this German shepherd, uh-huh, he said, yeah, we said all, he's reading the transcript, he said, yeah, we said all of that on the transcript, we probably did, we probably said worse than that, yeah, we said it all, y'all got it on tape, and that's all he says, and the guy's like, okay, so, well, do you understand what that means, and he was like, well, let me ask you this, do you, what evidence do you have that I did it? What evidence do you have? He said, yeah, we talked about niggers, you got that on transcript." and dude was like, nothing, he was like, thank you turn the camera on. and this is the dumbest Klansman in the world, but he was right, it was like okay, and it's like you got these transcripts, y'all been listening to us all y'all got is us talking about killing kill saying niggas, saying this but you you, so, but you don't have nothing that shows, you know, are we gonna beat up here or oh, I got this, it's all braggadocio in other words, if you, if you tap in our phones and we kill these kids you gonna catch something about hey, you know, alright, I'll go ahead and dump them off, or yeah, I got this one, or yeah, I killed that one, it was none of that, it was just a bunch of talk, yeah, we gonna go kill some niggas yeah, we gonna kill them little kids basically, them just watching news and talking shit, and that's basically what do, I mean, dude was a retard, he was slow as fuck but he shut him down, I mean, it was funny, I had to laugh, cause I was like yeah, cause he was like okay, what evidence you got that it was me besides, you talking about a dog what kind of dog I have, I didn't have that kind of dog I had German Shepherd, okay yeah, we got this on the transcripts clearly we said it, okay yeah, but show me in there where, where you got some proof that we killed these kids, he couldn't return, he was like, cut the camera it was, you got, it was just like, I was like, yo that's, that's it, like you're not, it's just as there's no just like that black lady Jorah said, she was like, look, all the evidence that we saw indicated Wayne. We didn't see any evidence on the other side that exonerated him in any way. Nothing. They showed us nothing that would that would exonerate him or said it wasn't him, nothing so I don't know what you wanted me to do, you can talk about, all oh, this was the Klan out there, yeah, clan always out there, okay, this one person talking about, well, you know, this clan guy with the blue eyes, he chased me home, and he kicked my door open, and, he, and I'm like, okay, okay, so you telling me, first of all, ignore all the black people, the many black witnesses, that said it, that Wayne tried to pick them up, there's all kind of people that have stories about Wayne, we gonna ignore all that, but we gonna listen to this dude, this black man now, who's claiming when he was a kid, some white Klansman kicked his door, where's the police report, where's the police report, that this? or let's just say they didn't write a police report, where's all the other, you gonna tell me in the middle of these black ass neighborhoods, where they're looking for a killer, where children are showing up missing, some black Klans guy drove in, said he was gonna kill you, he was like, yeah, then he was peeping in the window, I'm like, look, sir, I'm not calling you a liar, but just what you're saying sounds like a lie, sounds like you're making this shit up, because I'm not believing that a Klansman came and kicked, and and with all these people on high alert, and this is a, I mean, this is a a neighborhood, clearly people are out at all times of night, because a lot of these kids were picked up, you know, later at night, you gonna tell me that the, the, a clansman kicked your door in, was in your house. He said he hid under the bed and he ain't know, so he left. So this man knows you was in the house, kicked your door in, walked in, didn't think to look under the bed. Just well, I was like, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't believe you. I think I don't. I think you're lying. I ain't calling you a liar. I'm just saying I think that's a lie, right? So it just Wayne Williams is guilty. Wayne Williams is a killer, and I just like I've been saying. If you got people that's never going to believe in, it, that's fine. They they don't want to accept any evidence. They want to don't want to accept any facts. But I think that they need to stop this. They need to, It's been long enough. Um, you know these protestations that Wayne is guilty because that's what the, that's what the dude said. He was like, well, you know, we're sowing doubt, and in our criminal justice system, doubt equals not guilty. This is this is the thing that really irritates me about a lot of about you know. I don't know where we got to this point, but like this is the thing that really irritates me about um, a lot of criminal um, a lot of stuff we've seen from OJ on, people confuse any doubt with reasonable doubt okay, anything that's below 100% certainty is doubt, and that's what I hate when people say, well I wasn't there, I don't know what happened well nobody was there you know, but the dead and the person who did it and they're not telling the truth, so we don't know what happened that's why we have trials and we have witnesses and we put evidence on and we have witness testimony and we and we and we observe the witnesses and we decide do we believe them, do we decide to they telling the truth like that's what this process is for because nobody was there so if you're just gonna say, well I don't know what happened then you're not, you okay so you're just not willing to, to consider anything because you've already decided that you, you know, you're you're not gonna look at anything, reasonable doubt is not any doubt, there's some I've seen listen, y'all know I'm a true crime junkie, I watch so many stuff where, you know, a person who's clearly guilty gets off, and they talk to someone, these knucklehead jurors, for instance, the, um, what was it, the, the Phil, Phil Spector case, actually that guy got convicted, but they still talked to one of the knucklehead jurors, and they were like, well, you know, I just, I don't, I, I don't know if he shot her in the hallway, and it's like, but it's not required that you know, it's required that you look at all the evidence and say, is it reasonable, him and her are the only ones in the house, um, it was his house, she ended up getting shot, she didn't have a gun when she got there, she wasn't in the house, he had the gun, is it reasonable to, to conclude that he shot her? You don't think somebody, or popped up in there and shot her, right? You don't think a gun just came, so then, people they there's a difference between doubt and reasonable doubt, you can and too many people think because you can't answer every single question and you can't connect every single dot that there's not, that there's that there's reasonable doubt, no that's not reasonable doubt reasonable doubt is a doubt that is reasonable, if what you are doubting is not a reasonable doubt then it's not a reasonable doubt, so to say something like well you know the clan was out there, so because we don't know that it was not the clan, then that means you should know. We 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 kind of we know it was Wayne. There's no evidence that it was the clan. It's just people saying the clan was out there and it could have been the clan. But there's no evidence that there's a clan. All the evidence that we have says it was Wayne. There's nothing that points to the clan. So, you know. I that's the George Zimmerman case, the O.J. Simpson case, all these things, you, you talk to these jurors, and it's like, if they didn't tell you everything, certainly, then I don't know, and it's like, no, you do know, they, come on, man, you have to use deduction, again, circumstantial evidence is circumstantial, but a lot of it adds up to some circumstances, right? So, I just thought it was disgraceful, I thought they should have stopped at four, because now, once again, we have this end of this, another umpteenth special on Landon Chalmers. you got a whole bunch of people, I'm not still not really convinced Wayne killed anybody, okay, dog, okay, okay, sure, um, I hope this will be the end of it, um, they had the new Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, Her, her tone was kinda, like, okay, look, you know, we're don't let y'all do this special we don't open up this evidence, we done did all we can do we tried to find anything new that they could find we ain't found anything new we haven't found anything exonerating the evidence has not changed no, no bombshell evidence to show Wayne is innocent has come you know, but you know, I want to respect the victim. and that's what she said, she was like it's about the kids here, because look, there's acknowledgement that he did, prob- Wayne didn't kill all these 29 people and some of them kids, somebody else killed them and nobody was held accountable for that and they didn't look for them and they closed the books and they just wrote them words off to Wayne and that's not right absolutely okay and so just for that reason we'll do this but we're not going to keep acting like Wayne is innocent and we're not going to keep acting like Wayne didn't do this and and the the cop on there said he was like look you know on top of all the evidence other evidence we submitted when Wayne was arrested the murders stopped. That pattern of murders every five or six days where the boys would disappear and we'll find it stopped. And he was like, and people can act like that doesn't mean anything. He said, but that's a lot, that's a huge piece of evidence. The murders stopped and y'all wanna glide over that like it's nothing, it's very important the other thing, they had, you know I said this last week, this notion that oh well, if they would've found out it was the Klan, the, the America would've riot. America to this day don't riot when they found out the Klan, Klan killed somebody they ain't rioting, the 50's ain't rioting See, what makes you think they gonna riot, that's what, oh, the Klan killed somebody else it just, it, just it, it don't make no sense, so I just was really disappointed with it again, I knew as soon as I saw Rock Nation was involved, I was like, oh okay, I see what this was gonna be, but they still, they, they went way far with it um, unnecessarily I think um, and it just was not good so <sighs> moving on from that, um so, wrapping this up a little bit, so I wanna, um recommend some you know, to y'all, so Hollywood on Netflix, it's got bad reviews it's got critiques, which again, I don't get they're talking about, oh it's not really, the whole point is, they've rewritten Ryan Murphy has reimagined what the world would be like had Hollywood been not so racist and not so homophobic after, um, the war and, you know, if they had given gay people a chance, if they had given black people a chance. And so, it's really good. It's amazing. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's Ryan Murphy who don't do no trash. So, it's excellent on Netflix. It's really good. Queen Latifah's in it. It's a lot of people in it. I wish Queen Latifah was actually in it more, but, you know, I appreciated her presence there. Um, there's All Day, All Night on Netflix, which is um, Jeffrey Wright and Aston... Ashton, um, fuck, I always forget his last name, the dude that played Teenage, um, Chiron and Moonlight, one of my favorite new actors, he's in it, um, it's pretty good, it's decent, it's one part though, I was like, <laughs> bro, you you just fucked up, bro, like, 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 you nigga, you, you really trying to go to jail, <laughs> like, it was one part, you'll see it when you get to it, um, that was pretty good, um, Waco, on Netflix, it's worth a watch but, you know, they do a really PG-13 version of it like, they don't really get into what the Branch Davidians is really up to, like they should I mean, you know, Waco is, is an example of like, FBI like, over doing it, and it's like, you know, part of the reason why things go down the way they do now with federal law enforcement, because that and Ruby Ridge is where the FBI like, really just, was fucking up, but they overdo a little bit, and they kind of play too far back on what the Branch Davidians were doing, and as somebody who remembers that time I was in college when that happened, um, you know, David was was doing some fucked up shit, they, you know, they were stockpiling weapons and waiting on Armageddon and, and he was having, you know, sex and, and relationship with underage girls, they kind of, they kind of waxed, so it's a PG-13 uh, version of me, but it's worth a watch. Um, Homeland with Janelle Monet. I'm not sure if it starts yet, um, but that's coming up, that's on Prime, um, the first season of Homeland, I kept trying to watch it, cause it won all those awards, it got nominated, I just couldn't get into it, I, I'm really, I can't do the veteran things, I can't, I've to, I can't do it, it's just like, I, I don't wanna see this shit, um, yeah, and I think that's it, that's all, I'm trying to think if there's anything else, oh, um, I told y'all last week about the Showtime. I'm not the, uh, what is it called? The um, Penny Dreadful Santa Muerte. I'm gonna watch the second episode tonight to see if I'm gonna be invested in it or not. I don't know, y'all might have checked it out. Um, you know, see what y'all think about it. But, yeah, other than that, um, that's it. So, wow, I did end it up, um, not being too short. I guess when I got sidetracked by my sneaker thing, but whatever, sneakerheads, what up? Um, so, yeah, this is, um that's enough, so this is episode 243, thanks for asking Kell's podcast, thanks for listening, like me, rate me, tell your friends, um, you know, you can find me everywhere you find podcasts, um, you write me at podcast at gmail.com and yeah, peace y'all, see you next week, out.